You'll shoot your eye out, kid. My parents actually got me a Red Ryder BB gun. I was just on the floor. I was so happy. I was just, I was so happy to get this Red Ryder BB gun. And then a week later, we went out to Phelan, which is kind of north in San Diego County, where we had friends. And I'm walking around their desert property with this airsoft gun, probably like eight or nine. And I'm just on fire. I'm just having a great old time. Then I see a lizard. Welcome to the Faith Without Fear podcast, a minister of the First Baptist Church of Redlands, California. This podcast is hosted by Senior Pastor Sean Zambros and Associate Pastor Nick Quint. In this episode, they are joined by Parker Martin, our new favorite correspondent, to talk together about commercialism, tradition, and the Christmas spirit. So something I, I keep finding that's in the bestseller category at Amazon, two years in a row now because I bought one as a gag gift last year, are shake weights. Shake weights are still a best-selling Christmas gift. Uh, the next one I saw was a burrito blanket. It actually is a massive tortilla that you wrap yourself in for uh, for Christmas, you know, for, for bed and for sleep. I kind of like that one because I, I feel it's a little creepy and also kind of darkly funny. Uh, the other one I saw was a random assortment of things. Um, toy gun spray painted to look like real guns, which is always fun to have. Uh, toilet paper of your least favorite politician or celebrity. Those are for sale. Uh, pretend uh, tattoo parlor for children. The other one I saw that I liked was a drum set and a year's supply of Red Bull for your seven-year-old. I actually saw that being sold. Uh, and a 20,000-piece jigsaw puzzle where all the pieces are the exact same color. And so I saw that and I was like, boy, that sounds incredibly cynical and awful, but also I kind of want to buy at least one of those for friends and family. Uh, and so we're talking about just the idea of commercialization and Christmas today, and we've got lots to say about that in a short period of time. But when we talk about commercialization and Christmas, we have, of course, a sacred Christian, or we would say a, a, just a generic holiday. And that has become the place where most businesses kind of stake their reputation and future on is the making of money during this time. So um, when we approach this time, uh, what are some things that I guess come to mind when we think about Christmas and kind of American commercialized culture? Is, there, are there, is this a positive thing? Is this a negative thing? Or is it something else entirely? Um, I think it's a positive thing when it comes to um, gifts and the economy and, like you said, businesses. Um, but as far as it goes for anything such as religion or um, social ideas in the media and getting involved with um, these ideas for um, when it comes to religion and Christmas, it's it doesn't intertwine well. So you see them as almost not opposed to each other, but kind of there's a little bit of discontinuity maybe. Is that kind of yeah. the idea between religion? Because, of course, you know, we read the Gospels, we read the Bible, and there's all there's this idea of, you know, giving and stuff like that. But there's not this kind of, as you said, kind of this almost transactionalism that seems to be rife with it. And so, I don't know, that that's really interesting to me because I hadn't thought of it as a positive, at least in terms of business, until you mentioned it. So that's really interesting. We'll, we'll get to something you and I disagree with probably. But that, I don't know, I think that's interesting. In terms of religion, it seems to at least run a little, there's a little friction there maybe. Yeah, there. I, it's frustrating because like on one hand, you know, I want Christmas to be the meaningful uh, experience of remembering that Jesus was born and all of the theological things that go along with that and all of the spiritual things and and um, devotional things, connecting with God in a fresh new way and what does that mean that, that Jesus actually came and, and, and all of that. But at the same time, there's that got to decorate the house and uh, who's on my Christmas list, who, I do I, who do I need to get gifts for? And if I sit and reason it, I can say, well, the whole celebration 
is all in honor or a, a part uh, or coming out of the idea that God gave to us. So the idea of giving gifts and, and everything, as long as we can keep that connected, uh, is good. But it's hard. It's hard to, you know, get you get so caught up and, oh, I got to get this person a gift and, and all that. And so it, it's hard. But I like my Hallmark movies and <laughs> everything else. There's something about watching the Hallmark movies. and So I, I'm not a purist by any means. Yeah. But um, I think a good part you mentioned was that um, how we relate it to, um, you know, us as Christians um, in a day of praise and things like that um, and giving and uh, receiving. But nowadays with um, the negative, I think it's drawing to the attention is the media and so mm-hmm. now you see commercials and movies, and you look at older movies, and you see a lot of the scenes for a Christmas movie. They're at church, or they pray before they go to sleep for their for Santa to come bring great gifts. But now it's just just commercials for buy your kids this, buy your kids that, um, open that gift. There's nothing about religion that's being pushed anymore, in my opinion. And is that maybe a good thing? Uh, so the idea of you know businesses being kind of a more we might say secular arena or at least non-religiously motivated, although there's a blurred line there, I think, versus what would happen, say, in a local community of, of churches or a family. Um, do you think there's, I don't know, to both of you, I, I still haven't parsed that out in my mind, the, the relationship between the transactional elements of giving gifts and buying stuff and contributing and all that sort of stuff versus uh, sincerely held religious beliefs that are participating together as friends and family. And I don't know, in my mind, the more I think about Christmas, the idea of buying someone a gift to show them I love them feels a little weird because I should always be showing them that I love them. Um, but like you both said, bring in the idea of Jesus or God give, being the one who gave us this this great gift of, of salvation and community and, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff kind of maybe should be the impulse for the want to give, perhaps, in which case then we would, then how that would look, you know, Christmas time is a pinnacle example because as we've talked about last week or last podcast with Advent, there is this kind of sense of hope and anticipation and, and waiting uh, knowing that someone else out there has maybe thought about you in a way that is um, empowering or helpful and has some has you in mind when they bought a gift. So it's not randomized. It's something that's deeply personal. So maybe that's a way of kind of bringing the two together without kind of making it a purely I bought you a gift so you'll love me. Or, you know, in order for this relationship to foster or to thrive, we have to buy each other expensive gifts that we'll use once and never use again. And so maybe that's a way of kind of... if. And it, maybe it just goes to back back to the idea of not putting Christ back in Christmas, but Jesus being the, quote, reason for the season. The reason why we give is because we're celebrating Jesus and we celebrate each other by the giving of gifts and stuff like that. So maybe, I don't know if that helps, but that was something I've been kind of meditating a little bit on. I don't know what y'all's thoughts on that are. So what, what do you think? I think you're completely right. Yes. Um, and you're doing about it completely correct. But um, coming from my generation and mm-hmm. it being completely technology and um Media says everything. People believe this. People say that, and they believe it. Um, I don't think it'll. I don't. I don't see it as happening anytime okay. soon, just because of the fact that the media is so biased to one side or another, and people don't bother to um, have their own mindset anymore, and they'll eat it up. Um, so I don't. I don't see it as happening anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it's all the media's fault. Um, I mean, I think we've we've str- we just know about it because of the media. I think a lot of this kind of stuff has been going on for a long time, even before 
we had uh, the instantaneous knowledge of it. Although the media um, makes it worse, it, it exaggerates it, exacerbates it. You know, I think about even this idea where people call it, talk about putting Christ back in Christmas, and then they get offended if they go into Walmart and the greeter says Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And I'm thinking, what are you doing in Walmart? It's not like you're going to church and somebody said (laughs) happy holidays. And even if they did, they're saying it because they want to be nice. You know, but but you're going into Walmart to uh, participate in the commercialization of Christmas and you're upset that the greeter has said happy holidays or season's greetings instead of Merry Christmas. Uh, and we call that putting Christ back into Christmas, you know. And putting Christ back into Christmas is a much deeper and more meaningful kind of experience. It's the the thing that's happening at Walmart. If 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 you're putting Christ back into Christmas in Walmart, is maybe you're there to buy gifts for someone who doesn't have the means to have gifts at Christmas, you know. Then maybe you're putting Christ back into Christmas. But otherwise, um, you know, uh, I think that's the kind of stuff that. Uh, some of the social media, and social media is us. I mean, it's people, you know. Yeah. Social media is um, uh, t- sharing these stories and these things that really annoy us and isn't it awful and shouldn't we put Christ back into Christmas and all of that when really we should just be kind to each other at Christmas. Yeah, and there is a sense in which maybe, I don't know, I was, I was talking with someone yesterday about this was kind of the there's a desacralization that's kind of been going on probably for a while where um, you don't view certain things as, as good things anymore. Uh, and that could, of course, be you know, entirely subjective. But the idea being that living in a deconstructionist age where things are continually being brought down and uh, very rarely either put back up or reconfigured to be brought back up seems to kind of lend itself to an instability where people are overreacting. You know, the idea of put Christ back in Christmas and or you tell me happy holidays or why Starbucks putting satanic things on my coffee cup, when, in which case, of course, they're not. But, you know, I, I love putting Starbucks back in Christmas. Starbucks is awesome. But there is this kind of idea where everyone, as, as both of you alluded to, is, is kind of just there's this tension, there's this on-edgeness right. where people seem... And, it, I don't, and I think Christmas is that time where it, there's like... I don't know, it's a tire fire that we're not aware about. Then Christmas comes along and there's this now impulse for economics and interactions and relationships maybe with people we don't like or people we love or what have you. And it's just a tornado of jet fuel being thrown on this tire fire that maybe a lot of us just aren't even aware of. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's, you know, the holidays seem to do that, especially with family being around and uh, different the complexities of relationships and even within churches or just places of worship in general. So I wonder if there's a deeper question of not only the commercialization of Christmas, but this kind of underlying otherness or feardness or fear that we kind of have. And I'm not sure what that addresses, but it seems that the idea of commercialization and Christmas being kind of woven together seems to be something that people kind of are aware of, but we don't quite know how to talk about it. Or as we talked about, maybe we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it might be just the elephant gift wrapped in the center of the room where it's like, well, that's that's there and we're just not going to talk about it. And I think kindness and or a sense of reciprocity or a sense of, I don't know, viewing the other person as you'd want to be viewed, which assumes that you have a, high, a, a respectable view of yourself. Uh, maybe that might be a way of kind of bridging the gap between the uh, the, the fear and the, the, ed, the being on edgeness that we see. And I don't know if that helps kind of maybe push us along, but 
that was something I've noticed, uh, at least with people in my generation, kind of older millennials, kind of this, everyone's kind of bunched up and tense, and the instant something gets said, they pop, not because of the thing that's said, but because of everything that came behind it. So I don't know if that maybe plays a part in it. I don't know, what do, you, do y'all think that, or am I just out on left field? I could be in left field. That's where I play baseball, so I'm actually fine being in left field. Well, I think there's so much stress at the holidays, especially Christmas, because, well, you know, we've got to uh, make sure that we remember everybody that we need to remember. And mm-hmm. and I know for me, I have this whole list of things that I need to get done before Christmas. You know, there are the Christmas cards and all the Christmas shopping. And, and I hate the idea of uh, wrapping the gifts and them getting opened on the same day. I want them to sit under the tree for the appropriate amount of time <laughs> and look beautiful before they get unwrapped. And so that requires being uh, organized and ahead of schedule and, and all of those things and, and decorating the house. And I'm a total sucker for Christmas decorations. And I have to tell myself every time I go into the store, I don't need another Christmas direct decoration. I have boxes of Christmas decorations. <laughs> you know, and, and it's so funny, but on, on one hand, it's fun and it's neat, you know, and you, you like sitting in your house when it's all decorated and sitting next to the Christmas tree with the lights down low and, you know, enjoying the sparkles and, and everything of that. And, 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 but it seems like a lot of times we don't have time to really enjoy that or mm-hmm. um, because we're so busy or so stressed out trying to get everything done. And, and then I wonder, too, if there isn't some kind of feeling that we're striving to have. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. You just, you know, it's like Christmas comes and goes, and when it's gone, you feel like, oh, wait, it can't be gone yet. I don't feel right. I mean, I don't, I don't have the feeling yet, you know, and yeah. like, oh, Christmas is gone, you know. So I, I don't know what that is, but, but I think, and I don't know that that's a, a very spiritual thing as, as much as it's just sort of this nostalgic or hmm. kind of feeling that you think you're supposed to have at Christmas. And so in my case, I watch 15 Hallmark movies hoping to get that feeling, <laughs> you know, because they all have happy endings and, and everything else. And, now, when it, when it comes to social media, I think that's a really interesting question that you brought up, Parker. Um, what's a way we can, not necessarily as a church, but as, as kind of a, a culture, just the broader culture, maybe a bit, better way of phrasing it is looking at this sort of thing that we're all kind of in, um, whether we like it or not, we're all in it. And we've got to deal with, you know, social media, we've got to deal with competing voices and, you know, uh, different ideologies. And I wonder if there is a time or wonder if there is a way to kind of, or whether maybe not a time or a way, but maybe just the idea of time itself, right? The the capacity is, as Pastor Sean was mentioning, the taking time to actually slow down and enjoy. So I don't know where you come from on that perspective, but the idea of a way of kind of moving past the competing voices and the, we'll say the noise, the cultural noise. Do you see that? Um, do you have any ideas of where maybe we can kind of not get around it because it's here, mm-hmm. but a way of kind of moving through that in a way that actually helps us not only enjoy Christmas as a, as a holiday, but also the um, as Christians as something we can both enjoy and also be reflective on. So maybe, I don't know, if meditation or prayer or setting aside time. I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. When it comes down to like time and Christmas and like everyone being stressed, um, something that I've wanted to do for a while actually is just um, forget the gifts, forget um, the big ideas of, you know, having to receive and give someone to show that you love them but rather, um, you know, just spend time with your family and decorate your house with them um, 
and eat food and go to church on um, Christmas Eve um, and wake up and just enjoy Christmas Day with your family. You know, sit down and, like you said, watch a Hallmark movie with them. Um, go eat some food with your family. It's just just be with them and not have such an ideology, like the idea that you have to wake up in the morning and make sure that you receive a gift in order to feel love. Um, just take that time to just be with them and just Christmas. So it's it's almost a way of kind of, instead of being on the go, it's set aside time for family or for community or, mm-hmm. you know, even the idea of coming to church on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. That, at least in my upbringing, you didn't go to church on Christmas Eve because that's Christmas Eve. You know, you don't, you don't want to go to church. You it's wanna, family time. Yeah, it's family time. Um, and maybe part of it, too, is seeing the idea of as at, maybe what we need then uh, on what you were saying is kind of the of that time being a holy or a sacred thing um, and using time in a way that is both reflective and responsible. And, you know, there is time for action and busyness and being involved, but also a time to slow down and reflect on what is good and what you've received throughout the year, not just on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but also um, a time of maybe, yeah, like, like you mentioned, like reflection of, of spending time with your family, having moments together that, um, and maybe watching a Hallmark movie does it for, for you. For me, it's watching Die Hard on Christmas Eve. That's, that's my go-to, like, that's when Christmas is like kicked in for me. But maybe it's the idea of kind of redeeming the time of reflection and, and spending time together, kind of getting away from, we might say the Amazon wish list and the constant need to show we people we love them by buying them gifts. So I don't know that that's something as I'm kind of taking away what you're saying, which I think is really helpful, is the idea that time itself is sacred, and taking time to enjoy time might be a way of kind of helping people slowly begin to move away from the commercialization of we must buy gifts versus what can we do together that shows that we love each other. Yeah, I I I had the experience of you know you grow up. And or at least for me, I grew up and got married and you then combine the traditions of two families when you get mm-hmm. married. And then you have to try and figure out how do you fit in every everybody, you know. OK, so we all go here on Christmas Eve. We go here Christmas morning. We go here Christmas afternoon. We got to make sure we stop by here and we do that. And it's like this chaotic thing. And so for me. Growing up, I grew up in Los Angeles. I was grew up in church and everything, but we never had Christmas Eve service. And I always thought if we were to have Christmas Eve service, it would be impinging upon my life because <laughs> I have plans, you know, and I have these things that I do. And then I moved far away from my family. Mm-hmm. And my, my, you know, my husband and my kids and I, and we moved, we moved to Indiana. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't have all those things to do because my family's far away. So we were able to actually intentionally create traditions hmm. at that time in our life that was really very meaningful. Hmm. And so for me then, going to church on Christmas Eve became a really important thing to do. And going to church and enjoying uh the focus of this is what it's all about on Christmas Eve. And then afterwards, you stay a little bit with your church family and you have cookies and everything else. And then everybody goes back home. And then what we started doing was we started having people over for dinner. We had a very, we had traditional for us, not a traditional Christmas dinner, but what we eat on Christmas night Eve. And, and we started inviting people over. You don't have a place to go on Christmas Eve? Come over to our house. And at first, it was like, you know, two or three or four people. The last year I was there, we had 25 people who came to our house from different countries, from different walks of life, and all of this stuff, all 
all around the table eating tortilla soup, which is our tradition. And uh, then Christmas morning was much more of a quiet family time and, and all of that. But what was really neat was actually being able to intentionally create traditions instead of having them created for you because you've got all of the all of these things that you you've grown up with and you you know bring it and you're not you know some people are probably more organized and intentional than than we are but you know you just sort of like go into okay how are we going to fit it all in hmm. but to suddenly have it was a gift really to suddenly have this this place in our lives where we could say well what tra- what traditions do we want to have and uh, and so then in coming back, um, we've we've sort of we're actually more like we were in Indiana coming back to California, where we have some family nearby and everything. But everybody's gotten used to doing Christmas without us, so we don't have to <laughs> we don't have to go. Okay, who do we have to go see? You know. And anyway, so it's kind of a, a you know. Of course, we missed the family, missed being with the family at Christmas time, but but. We made these new traditions, and that was that was kind of neat. Do you have any traditions that, like, that, I don't know, that uh, have been kind of part of your formation, you know, you're growing up and stuff like that? Yeah. That Definitely. you're comfortable sharing, of course. Yeah. Like, because I don't want to assume, because I have traditions that there's no way I would tell anyone that we, what we did on Christmas morning. Um, yeah, generally it's just, for my family, um, something simple. You know, on Christmas Eve, we go to church um, and come home, watch a movie with my family, um, hot chocolate, the whole Christmas you know, works, as people would put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas morning, wake up. Um, just, that's our tradition, you know, Hallmark movies, um, Lifetime, and um, hot chocolate on church. Um, but nothing really, you know, is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think the tradition is nice. It's nice to have that mm-hmm. for your family and that time with yeah. them, as we've been talking about. Yeah. So powdered hot chocolate or, like, like what kind of hot chocolate are we talking about here? Like, what's... What's the what's behind that chocolate? Because there, there's of course really good, mm-hmm. and then there's nesty like mm-hmm. sprinkly stuff that you throw in a mug with hot water. Um, it all varies between my family members. Okay. So right. my sister likes the um, the water ones, which which yeah, not a fan of the water no. ones at all. I personally not sure of the brand, but my mom picks it up for me. It's this type of um, hot chocolate mix, milk. Okay. Um, Already better with milk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the mini marshmallows. That was my favorite. See, for me, my the thing I discovered was I would take, you know, you boil hot milk, and instead of using powder or, any, or syrup, I would take Toll House Bittersweet Dark Chocolate Chips, and I would use that to make my hot chocolate. But what I would do to make it kind of extra cream is I would use whipped cream in it, but incorporate it, and so it gives it kind of a fluffiness, and then you pour a little bit of cayenne in there, like a little bit of cayenne pepper, just to give it a bit of heat, and then you serve it with a little bit of you know, whipped cream or, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't care whatever you throw on top of it, but I discovered Toll House Chocolate Chips are awesome as a base because you get that bitterness. It's not too sweet. It's not any of that. That was that was my proud contribution to our, our family's uh, chocolate chip formationism. That was that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm told, Sean, you do something on Christmas morning. Garrett mentioned this to me. That you have a specific thing you make on Christmas morning as kind of the tradition. What is that? Cinnamon rolls. But they're the pop and fresh cinnamon rolls. They're not like fancy homemade or anything like that. But we bought... we. I don't know how it started. We started with, uh, we had cinnamon rolls and on Christmas morning, and then I remember one Christmas we didn't have them, and Garrett was like, where are the cinnamon rolls? It's <laughs> like, oh, you know. So, yeah, I was just saying to Rod today that we need to, 
uh, make sure that at one one of our trips to the store, we got to buy one of those cans of cinnamon rolls because we, you know, we got to have good it. Cinnamon rolls. Those are really good cinnamon rolls. The pop and fresh ones. Those are actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, even the generic yeah. ones. And so, last question for all this: uh, What's the worst Christmas gift you've been given, or that you've given? Uh, the worst Christmas gift I've ever been given, of course, was socks. But now, looking back, I'm very happy to have gotten socks. The one I was given was, do you, did you ever watch uh, A Christmas Story, that famous Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Mm-hmm. My parents actually got me a Red Ryder BB gun. And I was just on the floor. I was so happy. I was just, I was so happy to get this Red Ryder BB gun. And then a week later, we went out to Phelan, which is kind of north in San Bernardino County, where we had friends. And I'm walking around their desert property with this airsoft gun. I'm probably like eight or nine. And I'm just on fire. I'm just having a great old time. Then I see a lizard. And I... And I open and I and I open fire and I miss. I hit the rock and it bounces back and it hits me right, pat about an inch to the left of my or inch out of my eye, like right here, like just pit, you know, ricochet, pop me right back. And all I could hear was my mother saying, "Careful, you actually shoot your eye out." And then I went back in, handed it to my dad, and said, "I probably shouldn't be playing with this." <laughs> so that was the worst gift I've ever been given because I actually could have shot my eye out, but it was still fun. I think my parents actually still have it somewhere. But, the worst gift I've, uh, I don't know about given. I, I give good gifts, but that's because I always ask people what they want. I just go buy that. I think the worst gift I've ever given was definitely to my mom when I was younger, and it was one of those, um, you know, free massage, back massage coupon things, which you know we never give, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like a replacement for something that you, you'd give. Um, and then definitely probably, like, worst, best gift kind of mixture there yeah. is, um, was my first bicycle. Okay. Um, I got hurt a ton on that bike. It was... Um, but it also was a great because it started off my obsession with going fast and cars and turned me into who I am today. So yeah. thankful, but also be wary of giving me a bike. <laughs> okay, so check that off not to give Parker. Okay. I don't know. I guess there have been so many years I can't think of it. You know, I've gotten to the point where I really, if I didn't get a single gift at Christmas, I would still enjoy it. I enjoy, I know this sounds corny or whatever, but I do enjoy giving gifts more than I enjoy receiving them. Hmm. I like I like the fun of uh, all year long looking for those things. If, I don't always do this, but, you know, when I go places, I think, oh, this would be a great for so-and-so. I'm going to get them for Christmas. And then, of course, the trick is remembering at Christmas that you got them that perfect gift <laughs> back in June or whatever. I know that's not answering your question, but I... I can't really think. I'm sure that I've given gifts that my kids have gone, oh, man, you know, or whatever. And I, I think I've gotten some, probably some, like, clothes from different relatives that you kind of go, oh, this is really nice. I hope I don't have to show you. I hope I don't have to wear it in front of you, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but I, yeah, I've gotten yeah. to the point now where I really, I enjoy giving gifts, but I, I'd, I'd be happy to not give, got, not receive um you know, although, you know, you get a really cool <laughs> gift and then, you you know, it's really a nice surprise. But I guess coming into it with no expectations hmm. and then it becomes special maybe. I went and I trolled my sister because my sister loves novels, like she, like fantasy novels like Game of Thrones. She loves reading them. So one year I went in, took a few books off her shelf and gift wrapped them and gave them to her. <laughs> and she oh, my gosh, I've been wanting these. I'm like, should I tell her? Well, now she knows if she listens to this. But now she knows. But it was one of those where I'm like, I wonder if. Because she's got, like, if you think I'm bad with books, books everywhere in her room. But I gift wrapped books that she had already bought for herself on her shelf. And I went and just took them, gift wrapped them, and gave them to her on Christmas morning. One thing that, that 
my husband will do is he'll find all the things that he borrowed from you during the year and wrap them up and give them back. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I can top that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's it's fun to be light uh, at Christmas time and have fun and enjoy, you know, the fellowship of with family and friends and and the food and and the giving and the decorating and and all that. I I think that's all wonderful. But there is something to the idea of making sure that you don't forget really why we're doing it all and. Um, making space. And that's what I try to do at some point in time. Just try and make the space to remember that this is really all about what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Faith Without Fear podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Redlands, California. Music was created and performed by Jason Shaw. If you're looking for a church home, you're welcome to join us on Sunday mornings at 1015. All are welcome.